It's a process of children leaving a room. It doesn't happen immediately. (laughs) Our gospel lesson is from Luke, the first chapter, verses 38 through 55, sometimes referred to as the Magnificat. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped within her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And Blessed is she who believes that there will be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones, lifted up the the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he has made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of the Lord. The Bible is filled with all sorts of what I'm going to call inversions. It's not the inversion we sometimes see where it's colder in Kingsport than it is on the top of Beach Mountain. We see those occasionally. It's not that kind of an inversion. But it's an inversion nonetheless. It's when something unexpected happens and those who are powerful become the ones with no power. And those who are weak become those who are, in fact, the strongest. Our stories are those where God taps somebody unexpected to do the extraordinary, and we, sitting back here thousands of years later, say, God, why would you choose that one? Think about the story of Moses. By all rights, Moses should never have lived out of infancy. They were trying to kill all the baby boys, remember? But Moses, by the grace and providence of God, not only survives even his most foolish mistakes, but he becomes the instrument whereby God rescues his people and leads them back to the promised land. And So today's gospel tells us two of these biblical inversions. Two women. One a good bit older, one too young, Elizabeth and Mary. Elizabeth is married, but she's never been able to have children. Mary is engaged, but not married. And now both of them are pregnant. It is an earth-shattering event for both of them. 
Women, you got to understand, are at the very bottom of this society. And they're both in troubling situations. They've been selected, they've been instructed that they will have a hand in God's purposes for the world. God chooses the lowly. And I'm sorry, ladies, but if we're saying it properly, mere women. That's what the Bible would have said. That's what the people of the day would have said. And both Elizabeth and Mary know that the nice, static, and relatively safe world that they have always known is about to be turned on its ear. When Mary shows up unexpected at Elizabeth and Zachariah's house, Elizabeth does not know beforehand that her kinswoman is also, quote, with child, pregnant. Mary, through no fault of her own, is in a far more precarious position than is Elizabeth. It's because the biblical writer assumes that we understand the culture, but the truth is we really don't. You see, Mary is betrothed, but you're betrothed a while. She and Joseph hadn't been sleeping together, folks. And she's pregnant. She's not married. She is in a position where if the law is carried out to its extremity, they'll stone her. Joseph, in another place, says he will put her away quietly. That means he'll try to make sure that nothing bad happens to her, but he'll divorce her anyway. Mary's a woman in a male-dominated society. She is not seen as a person in her own right. She belonged to her father until she was married. And now that she is engaged, she belongs to her future husband. She is on the bottom of the social strata. And they can do anything they want to with her. Elizabeth is a little better off. She is, after all, married, and she is married to a priest. Although, given the fact that they're living in a village in the hill country, he may be a retired priest. I mean, they may be of that age. He's not close enough to get to Jerusalem all that easily. And you have to understand, she's probably been looked down on because she's never been able to have a child before, and that was her entire purpose in that culture. So the Bible brings us this inversion story. Isn't it odd how we 21st century Christians come to think of Christmas as the time that sets everything right? That's sort of our mentality. Christmas is the time when we come home. That's a good thing. I like the idea of coming home. It's a time when we return to our memories most of them, we hope, are warm and fond. And what is good and what is right. It's the time when everything that is wrong gets turned right side up. Even if it's just for the few days in December. And I think it's natural for us to think like this. We live in a place and among a people for whom the coming of Jesus is maybe the turning point in history, but the truth is our lives are very safe and very static. And we don't have to worry too much about what's going on out there, really. 
Yet in the Bible, Christmas was the time when everything gets turned upside down. Not for a few days, but forever. Christmas is a story that's not told about loving family values mother and a conventional child. Sorry about that. That's not the story. It's about an unwed young woman. Pregnant in a way that nobody understands, least of all her. And an upside down way that God turns the world right. This message of divine birth doesn't come through official governmental sanctioned communication channels. It's delivered by a bunch of angels. The good news comes not to the learned and the powerful. It comes to shepherds working out in the field on the night shift. It comes not to biblical scholars pouring over the text in Jerusalem, but later on to magi, a group of foreigners who travel a long way. Pagan astrologers, if you really want to know the truth, who follow a star and know enough to follow. The news came to outsiders. It doesn't come to insiders. It's words about a baby born in a barn. Not some expensive nursery. When Mary got the news from the angel telling her she was going to have a baby, she does not react the way that any one of you women will react. She reacts like the chosen prophetess of old. The one who hears the call of God and says, Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be according to your words. Wow. And off she goes to Elizabeth's house. Some would say she went to Elizabeth's house to escape for a while. And as she enters, Elizabeth knows you ever been in a situation where you're with someone and you know what's going on at long before they tell you? You have that, call it a sixth sense, call it whatever, but you know without a doubt. And later it's confirmed. Well, in this case, it's confirmed to Elizabeth because we're told that the Holy Spirit speaks to Elizabeth. She's six months pregnant, so she's a good bit further along than Mary. And before Mary can even say hello, the baby inside Elizabeth leaps. I don't know. I've never seen a baby do that, but you women who have been pregnant probably knew it felt like that. And she says, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Mary understands. It's like Hannah giving birth to Samuel. It's like one of the Old Testament prophets. And Mary begins to sing. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He looked in favor upon the lowliness of His servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed. 
He has shown the strength with his arms. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones. He has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away empty. Mary doesn't sing away in a manger. She doesn't sing Silent Night. She doesn't sing O Little Town of Bethlehem. Mary sings of a world that has been turned on its ear. The high and the exalted are brought low. The poor, the hungry are being filled with good things because of this child who is coming. If you watch movies or go to, you know, watch on TV or wherever you get your entertainment, Angels seem to come, according to Hollywood, to make everything right. That's the way Hollywood seems to depict angels. But Mary's life's turned upside down by angels. She sings of her baby yet to be born who is going to dislodge and disrupt and disturb. And that, you know, is the charge that was leveled against Jesus when he grew to be a man. You're turning the whole world upside down, is what they said to him. And yes, he was. I would invite you to see Christmas as a time when God begins the process of turning this world upside down. Or perhaps a more astute way of saying that is that with the birth of Jesus, God is going to finally turn the world right side up. That's not the way we think the world works. But it's the way God says the world works. And so I invite you today to consider the possibility that maybe, just maybe, you're here in worship today to discover this wonderful possibility of inversion. Could it be that the world, when it seems right side up, is wrong-sided? Could it be that it is only through this baby growing to be a man that the world gets turned right side up? I submit to you today that if you really celebrate Christmas this year, you run a grave risk. That's not what you thought you were going to hear today, is it? Consider what it might mean if the world as we know it gets inverted or some might call it converted. Consider what it might mean if each one of us really allowed the Jesus of Christmas to begin to work in us to accomplish what this inversion might be. In 1980, I went on my first international mission trip to Jamaica. It was as far as I know, the first international mission that was run by a presbytery, and it was with the Caribbean Council of Churches, the United Church, the Episcopal Church, the Moravian Church in Jamaica. We had opportunities to meet with all kinds of high Jamaican officials, including the Prime Minister. I spent my first night in the house of one of the government leaders. And then we went off to a retreat center high up in the mountains of Jamaica, and it's not like what you think Jamaica is, because this wasn't very touristy. 
And I got to tell you, it was a wonderful, life-altering, turning the world upside down experience. We self-sufficient Americans, and I was a relative youngster in 1980, thought we were bringing in some way a different view of faith to those poor, benighted souls in Jamaica. And then we got there, and I discovered that all the clergy I met were far better educated than I were. Most of them were educated at Oxford and Cambridge, for heaven's sakes. It was a humbling, it was a grand experience of the world inverted that changed who I was. Eighteen years ago, a member of the Banner Elk Congregation and myself went on another international mission. This one was to Guatemala. Barbara Hospine was the church member. She's fluent in Spanish. We went to not only represent the presbytery, but to function with a small little village church called Arca de Noe, Noah's Ark, Presbyterian Church. And if you walk in my office, you'll see a plaque hanging on the wall that says that. We met with no government officials because the honest truth is the government didn't want us there. Guatemala had been in the midst of a civil war. And most of the Presbyterians I met were the rebels. The civil war had only stopped a couple of months before we got there. And yet I have never been around more dramatic and deeply held Christian faith in my life. Most of the folks I knew, including myself, played at being Christians. These folks lived it every single day. Now, I don't pretend to be an expert in international mission. I'm not, and I never will be, because that's not my calling. But I can tell you this. If you meet Christians under those kind of circumstances with open hearts and open minds, it'll change your world. You will not see your faith the same way again. And it will be deeper and more profound. It's an inversion, folks. They still go on right now. And so I say to you, if your primary purpose this part of the year, as you approach Christmas, is to accumulate as many toys as you can accumulate, if your greatest hope is that all this silly commotion coming out of the politicians will somehow change your world, if your greatest hope is to see all your family gathered together and peaceful, and that's a pretty nice hope, But if those are your hopes, then you'd better stay as far away from the real Christmas as you can stay. Because this little baby is going to turn your world loose. And it will not be what you've expected. It's a dangerous thing to get too close to the manger. Especially if you live the comfortable life all of us are living. So be real careful when you sing, Oh, come, let us adore Him. Because this time, 
maybe you really will adore him. And all those preconceptions and all those prejudices and all those biases that have controlled us will fall away. Watch out for that cute little baby in the manger. Because that cute little baby is God. And this world won't ever be the same. However, if your Christmas celebrations have been a little bit stale, if you felt like for the last number of years that Christmas was just sort of ho-hum, you didn't really get or give the right gifts and everybody seemed out of sorts with everybody else and you wonder what this hoopla of Christmas is really all about, then Merry Christmas. Because the real Christmas, the real wish for all of us this Christmas is that the child in Bethlehem may take hold of your hand and give you what you really most deeply need. May your world be inverted and then turned right side up. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.